feel like you should move better. I'll leave it at. Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. How you doing, Pete? Hi, Bob. I'm a little sleepy today because I went and saw Morbid Angel last night. Oh, that's cool. Where yeah, at? It was pretty cool. It was at the Gramercy Theater in New York. Oh, that's awesome. That's Which very I don't cool. think I've ever been to that venue. How somehow. was it? It was all right. It was, I uh, have been there. I can't remember for what. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's kind of like, there's a floor area and then like behind the floor area, there's like kind of some rising seats, like a seating area that you kind of just pick your own seat. I don't think you like buy a assigned yeah, seat yeah. or anything. Um, it was pretty cool. So we kind of started up there, had a good seat, watched the first half and then kind of went down to the floor for the second half. And then I, they ended just on time for me to catch the 1120 train home. Oh. I love I love a train in and out. Just it's kind of nice great, man. Oh, so it, nice. It so brings nice. me back to uh, going to punk shows as a kid too. I haven't I, I I haven't gone to a show like that in a while, but it was a lot of fun. I showed up a little early. I got some ramen all by myself. Took myself uh, on a date. Got yo, some gyoza. It was you dope. Know, you know, I'm in full support of that. I love a solo date, especially for some nice food. Uh, <sighs> I love that energy. Um, Pete, I've been knee deep in uh, house stuff as, as some tracks pod listeners uh, might've picked up on. I have been, uh, we, we bought a new house that we're renovating. It is fun. It is great. It is exciting. It is arduous. It, it was a pain in the ass. It is <laughs> uh, very draining. So yes, I feel you on the sleepy boy energy right now. Yeah. But we're going to bring it up today we're gonna bring it up that we are we are we need to for this one um man i got so many weird feelings on this but before <laughs> before we talk about the record i'm excited for this one me too i have yeah. a question to ask you yeah I, I we haven't been snacking that much you've had some good meals i've had some good meals too actually yeah though i had a um vegan beef chow fun in philly the other day shout out to philadelphia really good food just a good food scene honestly definitely um, good food and it was awesome at the spot sankey um but man i don't eat one i don't eat like a fake meat thing very often two i don't eat like kind of heavy noodles like that very often yeah it was sort of like a late lunch maybe like three thirty, four o'clock kind of thing uh early dinner I did not eat dinner. I did not eat breakfast the next day. I did not eat lunch. I ate like at a similar time the next day just because I was like, whoa. That hit my stomach like a ton of bricks. Um, But in in lieu of no snacks, no snack converse, no snack chat. Yeah. um, I had a question for you. Okay. Are seasons bullshit? Like I think seasons might be bullshit. And I'm asking you, our seasons bullshit because I have a theory on it. Yeah. My theory is that seasons were made up by people who live in crummy places where it's not nice all the time <laughs> or like a facsimile of nice. You make it sound like seasons are like a figment of your imagination that you just well, I mean, can make up. Well, I mean, right. We made up seasons, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes, yes. Things change. I get it. Right. Yeah. The leaves die off the trees. Snow comes, snow goes. Mm-hmm. It's very warm. It's not very warm. But there are places on this planet 
where it's just kind of nice all the time. Yeah. Why don't we just live there, Pete? Why don't we just live there? See, I like this conversation because I think it, it, it points to a fundamental difference between you and I, which is that I'm, I'm all about the seasons, man. I like Mm, the cold. I Mm. like the sun. I like Mm. all of it. See, I don't mind all of it. Yeah. I don't like what I don't like when it's too cold or too rainy or too whatever. I'll even throw hot because I've been in places in recent memory where it's like, oh, you got to get up early, go do your thing. And then from about 10 in the morning till six, you just chill inside because it's too hot. Right. So I don't like when it's too blank to just go do live my life and do all the things. I feel you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like limitations. That's the thing. Like, okay. like pulling back. I like seasons. I like difference. I like different things. I like it when it changes. But at the same time... You want to be able to do your thing. Pete, the Bay think, Area, you lived there for a while. I wouldn't say people th- would say the weather there is nice all the time. I hate but the I weather. Would, I, I think the weather there... Can you kind of be outside of your house doing whatever you want to do 85% of the time, 90% of the time? Yeah, pretty much. What I'm saying, what, 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 that's not true here. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. It's just it's not, not true. true. Like, See, but here's the thing. You, but then you're talking about a doza line here. Uh, it's going to be like if you can't be outside of your house like 72% of the time, if you can't, if there's whatever reason, I, I start questioning my life decisions. But what were you going to say? I feel that. I was just going to say a place like LA where it's hot and sunny all day, every day. I feel like 90, it... 95% of the time. Yeah, I feel like my it, it does something to people's brains. I feel like they like... You They're just happy. go a little crazy at some point. No, it's more than that. It's deeper. Uh, I, I uh, lived in Southern California for five years. Um, there's definitely some fried brains, but I mean, I would say that here as well. Um, oh yeah. I think, hmm, whether, can I relate it to the weather? Hmm. I think there might be other factors. I will say most imports to Southern California that I meet are immediately question one, what they were doing, living in whatever snow hole they came from. <laughs> Two, uh, get healthier either consciously or subconsciously, just like, oh, yeah, I'm like moving around more. Three, I've also had friends who've gone and like stayed in the like in the shit of it in LA and are like, yo, what crack are you guys all smoking? This place sucks. And I'm like, well, we got we to gotta get you over to like the hills or like Santa Monica or go to Orange County. You know, there's some uh, LA isn't all rainbows and starshine. Um, yeah, there's some darkness there. There's some darkness. But I think <laughs> the other thing is relating to music. Many people are like, yo, I don't understand why anyone could listen to mad, angry music or aggressive music coming from here. And that's where I got to go. No, there's there's something going on. There's something else there. Because when I moved there, I was like, yo, it's, it's warm and sunny every day. I just want to listen to like nice songs about fun things. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm not here for like doom and gloom. Um, but anyways, I pose that to the audience and I want you to really think about it. Seasons, 
maybe we just eliminate them. Like I, I get it. Everybody talks about daylight savings, daylight savings, this daylight savings, that no more spring, no more fall, no more winter. It's over. It's just, <laughs> it's, we don't talk about seasons. It's just, they don't, they don't exist. I don't, I don't care. It's just, it's gone. No more, no more. It just moves. It's December. It's maybe it'll help. I don't know. That's your platform for 2024. I like it. I don't. Th- I don't know if it'll sell it, but you know, Pete, what are we talking about musically today? I mean, it's kind of apropos of the whole conversation because we're talking mm. about a band from LA that's all about the doom and gloom. Yeah, you know what would that band and that record be today? That band would be Tool, and that record would be Undertow. Mm. It's their first record. It came out in nice. 1993. Yes, first full length, right? First full length, yeah. Sorry, there's an EP right. no. before this. Right, opiate, yeah. opiate. Um, Pete, uh, hmm, what's your experience with this band? <laughs> I'm so excited to hear you talk about all of this. Um, no, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a bona fide Tool fan. Okay, um, hell yeah, I've seen them live a few times. I have all the records. I listen to the records. Hell yeah. Look at you. I, uh, I really like this band despite the fact that it's tough to be a tool fan, man, because they're just like, (laughs) I, I, I have a hard time really defending them in any way. I think that the lyrics are terrible. Most of the time I'm kind of on board for the music. Um, I think they've pretty much only gotten better as they've gone on, I actually really, really liked the most recent record. Um, and kind of like this one a lot less than I like the others. Um, and man, going to see them live, mm. they as a band really put on live and I think they're great, which is why I've gone to see them a few times, but yep. it is tough being in that crowd, man. It, to, I think tool audiences like might be the worst like really? collection of humans. Yeah, it's, wow. it's it's a tough crowd, like heavy, heavy, heavy drinking crowd. Okay, yeah, no, I mean that tracks for sure. And like, but the thing is, is they'll play these fifteen minute like prog psych jams. Yeah, and the drunk guys are like sometimes literally falling over the seats as I experienced last time I went to see them. But (laughs) you know, they're like, they're, they're, they're more about like hanging at the bar beforehand. And then they get really psyched when they play anything from undertow or anima. Yeah. And then any, everything else is like, whatever. Yeah. Everything else is pretty Uh. much whatever, but then the, whatever the songs that they're whatever about, you'll pick out like, the 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 programmers and like the tech guys and like the nerds oh, like all me that are in the crowd yeah and they're all in on those songs it's it's okay. it's an interesting little mix but but that part of the crowd is definitely overshadowed by like the big drunk guys and it's, <laughs> Ooh, it just, we're just it there just for the hits just difficult. there for the hits it i mean is, i guess yeah it is fascinating okay pete i want you to ask me a question please ask, ask me bob you are you a, are you a tool fan bob are you a tool fan I think I thought I was. <laughs> um, See, I wouldn't like, have thought that you were. That's if you were like, gun to your head, Bob, do you like Tool or not? Go ahead. Gun to your head, Bob. Do you like Tool or not? Yes. <laughs> okay. Gun to your head, Bob. Is Tool a good band or not? 
<laughs> Gun to your head, Bob is tool of good band or not. Competent, clearly. Do they write good songs? Uh, kind of, maybe. Let me explain more. I don't know. Maybe no. I don't know. No. Bam. <laughs> yeah. The uh, brain splattered on the wall. Um, yeah. <laughs> Especially with this record. Yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah, man. So, so uh, I haven't. I haven't heard this record in a long time, long time, man. Um, I had some fondness for it from it, from friends who were slightly older than me in high school, who, uh, two friends. I specifically remember one who was really in, got really into the punk and hardcore stuff still is bless him. Paul, I'm thinking of you. Uh, another who couldn't be further from punk and hardcore who uh, on top of really loving tool uh, his favorite band was Pearl Jam uh, believe he is the guy who uh, offered to help me go to a Pearl Jam concert in 98 and I, I was like nah whatever I don't care who cares even though I love <laughs> Pearl Jam and I was now I, I think I regretted it like the day later and I was like nah, I should have should have figured that out uh, um, huge tool fan shout out Jack so I had some fondness and thought in my head like, oh, I like this record. Excited to revisit because I really hadn't listened to it. Like truly listened to it. Honestly, 23 years. You know? Sure. Like, and I've heard Anima. I've heard Anima. Um, I've heard bits and pieces of others, but haven't even been in proximity of a person who likes Tool enough to be like, here, check out the new record. You know? Yeah. Um, and in that time, there's a lot of stuff that I would say isn't, isn't the same as tool in any, like, let's put it out there. Tool is not post hardcore music, but it shares some DNA. Yeah, for sure. It's not grunge music, but it shares some DNA. Tool's not, it's not alt rock. But it's it not all DNA, wrong, but it shares some DNA. And if you were to like, oh, okay, here we go. This is my first early thesis question for you. Gun to your head, Pete. Is Tool <laughs> a metal band? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. I think it's an easy yes. Actually, yeah. that's why I put a gun to your head. Um, everybody, by the way, that saying's not. It's like, let's not be intellectually reductive. Like. Yeah, I get it. I hate gun violence, but we can speak like adults and use phrases, and it's okay. If you need to insert the word nerf before I say gun, please do so. <laughs> Are um, people mad about that? We get in no, common. Well, people get sensitive about it, I think, because of gun violence, and it's like, yo, literally, it's it's awful. I think about I have children. It's like a scary ass thing. Yeah, but like it's, I I will give the credit to the tracks pod audience that they're not reductive in that way so shout out to everybody listening um tools a metal band they're a unique brand of metal um in that i i believe and you can can kind of uh maybe course correct me if i'm Mm -hmm. wrong i think they have some neophyte neophytes some acolytes in their holding their coattails, bands that came after them, trying to do similar stuff. But before Tool, there's 
there's no band who tools gone that you could say oh tools trying to do this yeah you know is I that agree. accurate i think okay. that's accurate i mean i think that that's why like they're i think they're definitively a metal band but at the same time it's like you were saying before they they're they're not a prog band but they share some dna 100 percent. you know and like yeah. that's like that's what i would point to it's just it's basically taking you know 70s prog song structures and like tuning down and adding a little groove or something Mm -hmm. it's uh i I think that's 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 the only thing you could point to but i agree with you yeah and and that's the part to me is that um cycling around to the gun to gun to the head questions that i was asked by you that i asked myself (laughs) through you um (laughs) does tool write good songs they do but i don't think all their songs are good and structurally there's so much experimentation on this record that it's really neat and i think they break a lot of structures but in that oh okay this is a fun there's two ways to look at it i'm going to give a make-believe one and then a real life version um it's like imagine building a home and you build this kind of like chintzy foundation and like a frame, but then everything else is this, you just have high end heavy materials. That's like, Whoa, the structure of this house isn't designed for these angles. And like this weight, like you're going to need some massive support columns. Like what, why, why don't you have those? Ah, oh, we're just trying it out, man. <laughs> we don't need those structures. And it's like, well, you're right, but heaven forbid someone try to walk on the second floor of that home. Uh, the real life version of this, have you ever heard of the Vasa pig? No. Okay. The Vasa pig is a children's book um, that is about a large vessel that uh <laughs> I believe the king of Sweden, uh, it's in Stockholm. It's awesome, actually. The Vasa Museum. Um, it is a ship that the king of Sweden commissioned. That oh. Everyone's like, this is too big. This is too heavy. It's too top heavy. It's not going to make it out of the harbor. And it was like a vanity. Like, no, no, no. We need this grand ship. Continue with building. Continue with the plans. And everybody's <laughs> like, it's not... It's not uh, and it sank in the harbor in yeah. um, in Stockholm. And because of a few different factors, and I'm not going to get the science right here, it was really well preserved. And so, you know, a couple hundred years later, maybe several hundred, I mean, definitely several hundred, but whatever. Um, in the early 1900s, they were able to pull the ship up and it was mostly intact and now there's this museum that surrounds it and the children's book the vasa pigs about it were you there yeah do you know how fucking dumb i am i actually went to that museum i just didn't know the name of it how cool is that but that's that's the example to me yeah by the way if anyone's ever in stockholm uh, moscow moscow so cool um i only know i only remembered the name because of the children's book and you know i don't i didn't expect you to be like vasa pig of course i remember the vasa pig <laughs> um but uh that's tool songs to me and i'm listening to it 
it it's there's so many parts that I like, so many elements I like that overall I'm like I like this. But there's structurally issues where I'm like they're not holding this song together in a way that makes it cohesive, despite the fact that I also appreciate it's almost saying like, yo, we're going to be a psych jam band that's not psychedelic rock of the 60s. We're just yeah. going to do this weird, heavy, rhythmic, progressive metal thing that also isn't isn't the prog metal of the 70s. You know, yeah. like we're going to borrow some elements, but it's it's definitively of the 90s and of the time and like aware of the music that came before it and and something i would say is clearly metal so i i, I am in, <clears throat> interested in it and really liked it on a academic listen you hit those you hit those parts you're like oh man what are we doing on this this song like where is it going we're doing repetitions we're building to it and sometimes it builds to a, a really satisfying conclusion and sometimes it just goes and you're into another part and you're like wait the I've got half a song left. What are yeah. we talking about? Ten yeah. songs, hour and eight minutes. Nineties bloat. Nineties bloat. Nineties bloat. I mean, we have to mention part of that is the fifteen-minute outro that is more or less. No one needs. Noise. No one needs that. Yeah. No one needs that. Yeah. I mean, the only notable part of that, I think, is what J- Maynard James Keenan like. There's a recording of him shooting a piano with like a double barrel shotgun or something it's like mm-hmm. all right cool um yeah so so anyways um i mean i co-sign everything you just said i think that the only thing i'd add is that they do i feel like because this is the first record there is a lot of experimentation but at the same time i feel like knowing the records that came after like where it goes right it 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 i can hear them kind of trying to like like their vision was greater than their actual like ability to play at the time i think because i feel like a lot of these songs they they want to be doing a lot more but they're kind of stuck in just what they're capable of actually playing and as a result it seems like they they rely on a lot of kind of similar like like grooves and similar transitions and similar feels like there's a certain point I, I probably listened to this i hadn't listened to this one in years and years and years because this is just not the record i ever go to yeah but i found myself just kind of on like second or third listen being like haven't i heard this song already like a lot of yeah, it ends up a, feeling very similar to me yes 100 there's a couple songs that i literally i'm like i feel like we just went back to this song yeah um and so in one way, that's some album cohesion. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is something there. But at the same time, you spend a lot of time in that place for a band who's admittedly experimenting, experimenting and experimental with what they're doing. Um, so it's it's interesting that they are coloring outside the lines, but staying very aware of the line and returning to center. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so anyways... Um, Fascinating record. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, da, 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 da. Heavy metal for sure. Um, well, not heavy metal. I don't think heavy metal. Heavy metal is funny. Isn't it funny that metal it's, it feels different to say than heavy metal? Like, <laughs> heavy metal to me feels like, like yo, that's Metallica, kill them all. 
yeah. the further you get away from Metallica, Kill 'Em All, or like or like uh, Ride the Lightning, like that's heavy metal. Um, this record's heavy. It's a metal record, but I don't. It's it's got something else going on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you think this record is stuck in the '90s or potentially has a sound that is beyond that? Um, I think this became a reference point for a lot of bands. Um, yes, this record and the one after, but specifically, but um, the production value of it is very, very '90s to me. It's, Agree with that. I don't think it sounds. It, I don't think the sound of it aged all that well. Um, it doesn't sound very fresh to me in any way. Whereas like Anima, Enema, however you say it, yeah. um, it feels a little fresher, although that still feels somewhat nineties to me. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. Is it partially cause we were aware of them in the night? I mean, so here's what I will say. I will just I mean, push that back could be part say, of it. I'll push back just a little bit because I feel like Anima and even like sober, this is a song you couldn't escape on the radio. This is sure. like if you listen to, you know, rat rock <laughs> metal radio, you heard this record. You heard this a lot. Alternative radio played that song to death. Um, MTV too. Those videos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Scaring, um, scaring the kids. So, I will say that in a uh, alternative subculture landscape where like. There's a lot of new metal that's celebrated. There's a lot of like, I see a lot of people revisiting industrial music, um, sure. et cetera. I think there's a place for Tool in the modern landscape. And do I think this sound is something that we'll see a lot of people pulling directly? Not necessarily, but I think there's a lot, a lot that Tool either influenced or that bands unknowingly are pulling from on a secondary level. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's certainly worthwhile listen if for someone who likes guitar heavy guitar music uh especially of the current variety if you like current era metal or hardcore or anything like that um this is definitely a record if it somehow escaped your purview you should check it out um if you remember tool from the 90s and haven't spun in a while give it a spin if not for anything but academically it it was worthwhile i i actually enjoyed the listen lyrically yeah it's rough dude oh that was my thesis too because we we pull back the curtains we did two records why were the 20 something so angsty why are 20 something so angsty <laughs> we all say angsty teens angsty teens angsty teens yo it's angsty 20 somethings writing songs that angsty teens like yeah. these are s- such angsty record songs and i'm like Okay, dude, you dropped a hard F. You're not hard F, no. That's not not the uh, slur. But you dropped the fuck. Like what? Ooh, like it just <laughs> is so angsty and like. <laughs> I I get it. I, I maybe I'm just too. I'm too adult now, Pete. I'm just too much of an adult sitting here recording a podcast about guitar music. Yeah, it's all very <laughs> like melodramatic. It's yeah. It's it's, it's a bit much. As discussed, Pete, right now music's in a, uh, I'm in a music hovel. I'm looking for something to bust me out. Let's see. Let's go track by track. Let's go. Um, first, first song. First song. Intolerance. Intolerance. 
So, so it's like groove rhythm prog metal. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't call it groove metal. And prog metal is closer. It's just metal, but it's got prog elements. Um, uh, Maynard is the singer, correct? Yep. Okay, Maynard. You do a lot of different things vocally on this record. What he does on this one is like this weird snake charmer thing <laughs> by like where it's like, man, you feel like you're not quite confident enough to pull this off, but still you're maybe too confident. Yeah. However, as the track goes on and his vocals get rougher, then you hear it. It clicks in. It's like, okay, this dude, when his vocals get a little more throaty and a little louder, a little more uh, affected in an angry tone, it, it works much better. So overall, this song doesn't grab me, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, the vocals... I feel like his vocals have gotten better over the years, and I don't love the vocals on this song in particular either, the way that you're talking about them. Yeah. Um I remember I was coming home from seeing them and my friend Ted, uh, who I go to all these shows with, yeah. has been like a diehard since day one. So he saw him in the nineties a bunch of times. He's much he's a few years older than me. And uh someone in the car, I forget who, was like, I just don't like his vocals, man. I think it was just like one of Ted's mm. friends that wasn't really a fan. Yeah. But he just came to the show and he was just going on and on about not liking the vocals. And Ted went into this whole thing about like you have to think about, you know, in the early nineties like death metal was starting up, you know, like yes. bands like Pantera and all this shit like became big a few years later and all this. Yes. He's like, nobody sang like Maynard. And that's like one of the things that actually set them apart. And that's very true. Yeah. So I really like, I heard him say that and I was like, he's actually so right about yeah. that. Um, to like do a metal band, but not have the guttural vocals and, or, or really even vocals that get all that harsh and are actually a much, like much more, kind of vulnerable a lot of the time is yeah. uh is interesting it's an interesting choice but i agree with that actually I, I, okay and and i i do think vocally the fact that he's doing something different um it stood out from the crowd in the moment with this record's 93 yeah yeah like like this is in the in the midst of a lot of people doing the grunge thing and trying to have this like kind of affected like um gritty vocal that was you know you were trying to be uh kurt or lane staley or uh stone temple pilots front man scott wyland scott wyland you know what i mean somewhere in the mix there and you felt that for the rest of the 90s basically yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. but but this dude was not doing that decidedly not for sure. I mean, it is, there's a lot of groove here, man. Um, it does oh, yeah. remind me of like, like I know that you said it shares DNA with DNA with post hardcore. Like mm -hmm. it's so funny. And I've heard you guys talk about this on Axe to Grind. It's very funny. Just like these bands that are completely not, they have nothing to do with the punk or hardcore scene. Yep. But like, Either there was something in the water, you know, where where everyone was kind of thinking about trying things the same way universally, right. or they were aware of it, but just not tapped, like not involved in it. Because, I mean, there's like, 
there's the 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 groove here is very post hardcore to me even though it's just there's something different about it there's a couple tracks further on where it's even more palpable and yeah i think about that too i think sometimes it uh i wonder if because some of the metal that had come out in the mid 80s and into the late 80s had done so much guitar wise yeah just like killer solos lots of fun tempo stuff picking of every type just like just you know metallic and slayer come and unload the riffs and everybody's like damn what do we do if you're playing aggressive guitar music and everybody looked over at the bass player <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and we're like oh okay what do we do here and because i think that's the secret of um stuff like tool uh stuff like post hardcore um a lot of the groove metal type stuff was what is going on with your bass lines and how are you using the bass? How is the bass and drum interplay working? How, how good is your drummer? Because here's something I think, uh, I appreciate on every, I I appreciate the percussion on this record across the board, despite the fact that there's a couple moments where I'm like, Oh, I don't love the way his snare sounds. Um, and a couple other moments where I'm like, I don't like the sound of it, but I appreciate the percussion across this record because I think it's, really solid and varied and unique and interesting here so to me he's amazing those, these are those are the two functions that i think combined and and hit hit bands in this time frame was one how good is your drummer two what are you doing with that bass how how much is it leading and and then obviously how talented is your bass player so uh tool is 100 percent there with those elements for sure okay next track <clears throat> Prison sex. Pete, it's uh, been a while since we talked about snarl riffs. <laughs> this one's got a snarl riff. It has a snarl riff. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Uh huh. Um, vaguely kind of has a southern stoner riffing kind of thing. I, I, I don't. This song does nothing for me. I don't know what really? it is. Does nothing for me. Interesting. It's it's got. Like there's hooks, but the vocals here I'm not in on this one. This one more so than the first track. I just it just doesn't catch me in any sort of way. Okay. So I like the chorus on this. It brings me in. Part of it might be nostalgia. I remember the music video for it. I remember hearing it a lot back in the day. Yeah. Um. I also like um about three minutes in the song kind of does this total shift into this kind of prog year, like instrumental break that then shifts into this kind of epic louder vocal part. And I feel like that's kind of template tool that they only got better and better at over time. Um, so I kind of like the DNA that's in here. If you're like a, a longer term tool fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it delivers on this song too. But I mean, I think that there's kind of some, like chug chug groove metal things going on here mm-hmm. overall that I don't love. And, and, and that's kind of the vibe that gets a little tiring for me on this record overall. But I think there are parts of this song that kind of set this song apart in the context of the record, but also set them apart from all of the other bands that were playing at this, at this time. Yeah, I, I can I can vibe on that. I agree. It it 
it 100% has its own feel, even if I'm not fully on it, you know? Yeah. So. All right, next track, Sober. Sober. Are you in on Sober? Um, yeah, it's the it's the radio hit. Um, yeah. Hadn't heard in a while. Uh, tried to listen to it from a like arm's length perspective. Yeah, I like the song. I'm fine with okay. it. I actually think vocally what he does is engaging and weird. <laughs> um, the, the vocals being so stunted and offbeat are what bring the attention, but the music delivers to like some very climactic moments in it. Yeah. Um, and the interplay is there. So I didn't know there were any Rollins band connections, but I feel it in this track. And then I felt it later in some of like spoken words. Stuff. And then I was, I pulled up their, uh, their wiki just now and see like, Oh, Oh, there is multiple Rollins band connections here. That track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like, um, well, Rollins sings on one of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Spoken. And, uh, Chris Haskett then with the Rollins band is crediting the liner notes with sledgehammer, probably relating to the three pianos and shotguns smashed with sledgehammers on mm. disgustipated. So at least they were in the same, they were swimming in the same pool at least for as, sure. as Rollins band. And while I am a fan of Rollins band, um, there's a few elements of their sound that I think leak onto this record that are kind of unfortunate. <laughs> so we'll yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah. Not the, on this the, one so much. Yeah. Not the Rollins band stuff that I am particularly a fan of. Right. Um, yeah. Like the, the like novelty machismo, uh, yeah. brooding, yeah but like dude you're 30 what are you doing vibe <laughs> uh so yeah shout out to rollins band lifetime not shout out to liar and that energy dude i listened to lifetime the other day it was great i hadn't it's heard a that really one good while. record it's like, really good lost really good heavy guitar record that i hear almost no one talk about like that record is really good yeah um, i was so in on it um but yeah, this song, maybe we do that record at some point. That'd be fun. Oh, um, yeah. I like this song a lot. It's, uh, again, nostalgia. I heard this song a million times. Um, the 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 music video, again, on this one is 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 wild and is kind of burned in my brain because it was really scary and weird. I had kind of like those like stop-motion claymation figures or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it's awesome. It's like, it's it's tool doing a more simple version simplified version of what they do which is i I think why it ended up being the 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 single Hmm. but it works you just Um, keyed in on something i say later about a song later okay yeah when they simplify when they pull back just a little bit all of a sudden i'm like oh there we go here we go memorable so anyways do you know that Fun fact about this song, it's the first song composed entirely by Maynard James Keenan, apparently. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Um, which is wild because like what if they just let him write all the songs? They would maybe be a totally different band. Um and then uh it has a similar chord progression to the Led Zeppelin song Cashmere. Mm. So apparently like there are tons of different remixes of this where they they basically oh, like could basically twist those two songs up. Yeah, I they just twist them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, actually that's really neat. That's interesting. So uh next yeah, track, bottom. That's it.
bottom back to the groovy chuggy sound um it moves along with a lot of energy i think and then it breaks into this kind of heavier breakdown around yep. like two minutes in yep and then it loses me completely yep it's it starts like gnarly riffing sort of reminiscent of like early soundgarden like not not like like bad motorfinger era soundgarden uh so not yeah. super early but then when it slows down that's where you get that like Rollins band spoken word nonsense. And it's like, and that is Rollins. That's, that's, yeah. That's yeah. His cameo. So, so, so Rollins cut it out. Get out of here. <laughs> a guy I like, a guy I really like, I like a lot of his music, like a lot of the things he said, like a lot of the things he's, he's said, like a lot of the spoken word, like a lot of his comedy, silly shit. Like that's, this is a dude hit this time of his life was touring the country, doing spoken word tours. Like what? wild um, this stuff nonsense like two i don't even know the lyrics it's gobbledygook not worth it um it makes me go wait did did is tool too macho for what they're trying to do here like like in the lyrical content like this like machismo thing it's like they are stronger when they're when they seem to be presenting with more of a frailty or insecurity as opposed to like putting on airs and puffing their chest but i think people i think a large portion of their crowd vibes on that angle too yeah 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 definitely their crowd vibes on different energies but i think i think you're right with the machismo thing particularly in this song but then it's funny to me because like there's that but then the other half of it is like this snarky teen energy mm, yeah that's like that's like not tough guy at all it's just kind of like man everybody's stupid you yeah, know angsty, yeah belligerent yeah. idiots yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so it's like those two things kind of come into conflict for me and it's funny yeah. that they no, exist yes. in the same oh, oh. Uh, i don't like any of it next song <laughs> crawl away parts there are parts to this that are really good. Yeah. Uh, I like it's, uh, I, it's, uh, we're making the psych rock comparisons. This is experiments in drifting in a song. Um, I like the tempo. Bass and drums are strong here. The vocals go back and forth in a way where I ask myself, do I like them? I think I like the vocals, but also <laughs> I acknowledge they might be a little bad on this song. Yeah. I think if this song were like three and a half minutes long, I'd ride for it. Sure. I actually, in my notes, I wrote, it has parts, but I'm not turning this on at any point. Right. Um, this is just, but I mean, it does have parts, but overall, it's just kind of a crunchy metal tune. Like, I, right. I feel like like a lot of the more experimental kind of technical things that they do that, that bring me in are more or less absent on this one. So it's, it's not one of my favorites, but there's some moments. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, next track, Swamp Song.
I like the sludge of this song. It's a little slower and sludgier. I don't like the vocal pattern on the chorus very much. Um, but then there, again, there are some parts. Like three minutes in, there's kind of this King Crimson-y, but much heavier mm. kind of like experimental part. Um, and if it kind of harkens to what Tool are doing now, more so than I think what they were doing then, the bulk of the time. But like, this is where I feel like what they ended up doing as a band was, I think, just letting songs breathe a lot more yeah. than they yeah. do on this record. Like, I completely understand why people would hate this, but like the last record, for example, I think it's like seven songs and they're all 13 minutes plus. Um, that is not going to work for everybody. It like totally works for me because I think that they, the songs are constructed well and it like, right. Like there's always like it delivers at the end of the day. Um, I would argue, you know, for me, whatever. Um, yeah, no, no, but I, but I, but I feel like they, uh, they kind of are starting to toy around with that stuff here. And I, I like this song as a result It it, there's a little bit more room to breathe here and not as much like chuggy metal riffs. Yeah. So, so to me, there's elements of the song that pull back to the good elements of the song bottom, but it goes in a different way. And, um, there's a few different parts about 240 in there's this heavy crunching guitar thing um, that I really like uh, and then it steps away from that um, I think overall this is a complete success for what Tool is trying to do on this record which is mm-hmm. that experimentation of parts not being too concerned with a structure that's there to support the parts but rather kind of doing that heavy experimentation um, in psych format where it's just going to roll and see where it ends up and then touch back and then maybe you uh, have a reprieve, blah, blah, blah. This song works. I like the song. Cool. Title track, Undertow. Um, this feels more like heavy rock radio than a lot of the tunes on this record. Mm, yeah. Um. I kind of like where it gets a little faster and manic at a certain point. Yep. Um, it's a cool song. It's, it's, it swings from part to part a little bit more than the others, like more rapidly, I feel like, but, uh, it's a cool song. I don't know. How do you feel about it? To me, this feels decidedly and weirdly post SST records. Oh, sure. Like if you took all these weird elements and, um, like it's chunky and rhythmic, but then also churning and heavy. Like it's there's just a lot going on. Like maybe too much going on for the song structure. Yeah, but again, some good elements. Um, definitely has some accessibility energy to it. Um, not a song I'm reaching for per se, but definitely stuff I don't dislike. Cool. Four degrees. Four degrees. Um, this is Tool went to a yoga class and mm. uh, are reading the autobiography of a yogi. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the funny part about this one is like, it starts off with the psych kind of sitar beginning, but then kind of instantly just goes into like another chuggy Tool song. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, 
like they they I feel like you hear it come in and you're like, oh, this is going to be different. And then it's just not different at all, actually. Um, yes. So that part's kind of a letdown. Um, although the song kind of does have a brighter tone to it. It's kind of refreshing in the context of the record because it's it's so just like tuned down this whole album. Mm. And I feel like a lot of the drums are even tuned to like the same notes. Like it just starts feeling very samey. And uh, this one isn't as chuggy or dark as the other tracks. So it ends up being one of my favorite songs on the record, actually. I think it's cool. I said this is a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> it sticks with me. Uh, feels a little bit simpler than many of the surrounding tracks. But it keeps all the personality of the record. Um, yeah. It just doesn't seem like the song's working as hard as a lot of the other songs. It just feels more effortless. So, yeah, this song, good song. If I was going to cut this song, this record down in half, it definitely makes it. If I was cutting this record down to three songs, it still might make it. How do you feel about the lyrics on this song? I think I'd like the song less if I knew the lyrics. <laughs> good call. Uh, flood. This one, at certain points, it almost has like an early Melvin's feel to me. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I could, I could hear that. I actually think if there's one band of that world that this, the tools. I mean, we clearly they're aware of some of the bands. Like we know they, they clearly know who Rollins Band is. They clearly know who Black Flag is. Then yeah, if uh, they have to know who the Melvins are, right? Yeah, they're all homies, actually. Okay, good. That makes like, sense. like Melvins have opened for Tool plenty of times, and actually. Uh, King Buzzo's wife, uh, Mackie, does all of their artwork. Oh, neat. Okay, cool. And like, and like all the like really intense record packaging and all that stuff. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, pretty cool song. It feels like a closer. Um, but at a certain point, it just kind of crawls along for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, I like it, but... I. Like, A, I'm a little bit tired at this point on the record. That's right. And B, like, Four Degrees is pretty sick, and it, yep. it stands apart. And then this song just feels like you're kind of back in the sludge. And Yes. I don't know. It's, I don't it, love it. Heavy and bellowing. Uh, it sounds like being stuck in a garbage truck, which I think might be Melvin's and then sludginess. <laughs> when it speeds up, sort of two-thirds of the way through the song. I don't even know what to do with it. I'm like, what are we doing? 
what is the song yeah. trying to do? Um, on several listens, I, I felt almost uh, the feeling when you have to make a left, a right, or go straight, and you're waiting on the, the person next to you to give you directions, and they're just distracted, and you're like, you feel, you feel the anxiety of like, what, wait, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? That's how I feel <laughs> listening to this song. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. Not, not great probably could pull a couple redeeming parts like you can on almost every song. All right. Last track, Disgustipated. It's noise. Gobbledygook. Uh, I got no time for this. I don't even want to spend 30 seconds talking. I was, about it. Uh, I was actually going to say, do we even dignify this? By no, talking no about it? A waste yeah. of time. A waste of time. Um, Word. Um, all right, Pete, let's, let's give this record some arbitrary rankings based let's on go. our listens. Holistic quality. Of Tool Undertow, is this a good record out of 20? I think it's a good record. Um, but it's not a great record, and they went on to do much better things. I'm going to give it a 13. I'm giving it a 10. Okay. Highs, how good are the best parts of this record out of 10? Um, it gets somewhat high for me but not very high i'm gonna give it a seven give it a six felt like it does have some moments um but uh, the big appeal of this record is more the experimentation and concept concept as opposed to the heights of the tracks lows how uh low can a band get uh how low are the least good tracks on this record I mean, I'm tempted to give it a one just because of Disgustipated. But let's, uh, let's, yo, you know what? I didn't even keep, think of Disgustipated. So exclude it from the ranking. It's just, it's such, you, we could knock it down somewhere, but like, it's, it's a joke. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in that case, I don't know. I mean, there are moments here that I just, I just feel so stuck in the muck that I'm just yeah. kind of like, I want to listen to something else. So honestly, right. like it does get pretty low for me. I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I gave it a three. That's how I felt. Yeah. Like Disgustipated is legit a one. Like bad. So yeah. three yeah, is yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, competency, peer review. Pete, I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, mostly because I'm ranking it against them. I think even by Enema, they, they go, they're at a different place. Yeah. So... I agree. Um, I gave very it an competent. Eight. You're giving an eight. Okay. Yeah. Drag. I mean, they factor. are like such a singular band at this point. Oh yeah. You know, so. Oh yeah. Even at, even like that's the one part that I think is cool. I think <clears throat> contextually thinking about this record and when it came out is really fun because there's so much else out there that just it's not the same and it's really doing its own thing. So it's cool. Um, drag factor. Out of ten, how much does this record drag? Pete, I gave it a three. This record drags. Yeah, I actually landed in the same place. Flow. How well does this record flow together, either song to song or overall as an album? Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten because I think it actually does flow well um, from song to song and overall as an album. Like I said before, I said it feels like a band who's coloring outside of the lines, but they're very aware of the line. So there's a lot of return to center. Um, so I think it actually flows well. It's just that it happens to be too long and drags in that flow. I think it does flow okay. I just I, I think that at a certain point, a lot of these songs are so samey that you could 
put uh, any of these songs anywhere yep. on the record, and I don't yep. know that it would make that much of a difference. Oh, I like that point. Okay. So I'm going with a five. I'm just kind of right in the middle there. The aesthetic out of 10. How do you like the way this record looks overall? I don't. I give it a two. Whoa. Yeah, I I'm don't in a different love place full aesthetic in general. I'm, I'm not kind of with it. I'm in a different place. I like the cover of the record. I give it a six. Okay. I like the I like the cover. I like the colors. I think it's interesting. I don't like all of their album covers or their overall aesthetic, but I like this one. Nice um, impact and influence. Uh, I give it a an I gave it a seven. Okay, because I think they are very influential, but I don't know if everyone knows how influential they are. <laughs> so that's like a funny thing, and they certainly like became huge and like yeah. again singular. Yeah. Uh, I give it a nine. I mean, I think that oh, yeah. they're under the radar, very influential, but also a lot of people would name check them still. And yeah, that's true. I think that like the, the continuing kind of interest in this band points to how impactful they were. You sold me. I'm bumping it up to an eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, intangibles, uh, et cetera. The, the kind of, things you can't quite touch that you feel about the band or in a way uh, want to give them credit or demerits for. I'm going with a seven. I give it a six. I I feel warmly towards tool despite the fact that many times while listening to this record, I was like, I'd rather be listening to something else. (laughs) I, I feel that. Where'd you land? Uh, I came out with a 56 out of 100, which feels about right for me. Where were you? Wow, I'm at a 57. Wow. Yeah. That's, Who knew that we would land in such a similar place? Know, on this? Borderline shocking because of how yeah. high you are on certain <laughs> things. I think the fact that you gave the aesthetic of it so low really hurt it. Because um, you probably, if I'm being real, if we, if you gave it a, a five, you give it a three, I think you could yeah, come up, I think 60s. you could have ended up about 60. I, I think yeah. that, that feels about right. I would have um, been okay with a 60. Yeah. Ac- academic listen, I appreciate the effort and exercise of this record. I just wish that it wasn't an hour and eight minutes long. And I wish that it wasn't 53 minutes long without the garbage track at the end. 100%. All right. Bob, gun, gun to your head. Tool or the Mars Volta? Tool. It's not even close. Hands down, right? Yeah. Hands down man down i don't think i ever would have guessed this are you adding this to your personal collection bob no (laughs) fair enough i had to think about it do you own this pete you own all the records of course yeah yeah i got it hell yeah all right everybody uh five star reviews on the podcast provider of your choice uh follow us on socials on uh instagram and twitter at tracks pod Send us those wonderful emails. We get a bunch recently. Thank you very much. Uh, send us emails to trackspod at gmail.com. And we're, we're overdue for a mailbag, so get those in. Mm. And everybody, have a great day. Bye-bye.